0: welcome back to another episode of the state of e-commerce i'm your host robert Runyon. today i'm gathered by a very special guest pat gates from quiet light and we're going to be discussing how to increase your business valuation that's coming up next on the state of e-commerce pat thanks so much for being on the show it's great to have a kentucky boy here with me uh before we dive into the details everything tell me a little bit about more about you your company and what you do there
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name's Pat Yates. I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. Uh, started my first business right out of college about two or three months in and have bought and sold and started multiple businesses. I've uh, been, I still own one brand, Happy Feet Slippers, which is a Shark Tank company that I, I own. And I became an advisor quite like many years ago. And I uh, now specialize in M&A and helping people grow and exit their businesses. That's what I really concentrate on. So I kind of wear a couple of different hats but uh, very versed in 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 a lot of the things e commerce I guess is the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, like Thank you for taking me through that. And you know, congratulations on the Shark Tank. You know, do you do you want to share any kind of insights from that? How's that helped you moving forward into where you're at now?
1: Well, I mean, I think you know Shark Tank is is interesting. It's some sometimes you call it one of the best worst things that's ever happened to you because mm-hmm. you know you got all these things that become pressing. You know, we you, when you record Shark Tank, you're in there for about an hour and fifteen minutes, and It wasn't going well for me most of the time, and uh, the episode turned out great. I had the opportunity to be able to do Beyond the Tank as well as an update, so I did all three shows, and uh, now I sort of travel around the country a little bit, speaking with a group of Shark Tank people trying to educate entrepreneurs, too, so we use it a lot more educational in in this realm now, so I'm really tight with that group, and it was a great experience. I mean, there's obviously some difficult things came from it, but really more good things than anything.
0: So anybody that's listening or watching right now can can literally guarantee that you can
1: help them. You are the guy that that knows pretty much I don't know about that. Sometimes I can, but you never know.
0: (laughs) Well, let's let's transition over into talking about like business valuations and you know, let's start at the main beginning. Why is a business valuation even important? Why why would people even want a business valuation to begin with?
1: That's a great question. And I get that a lot because there's a lot of people believe, like I went to a Shark Tank reunion a year ago, and there were many of those people that never even thought about selling their business It never even occurred to them. Like, I'm going to continue to run this business for the rest of my life. So I have something to do. And I'm like, well, you need to think about that because 40% of the money that you make in a business typically is at exit. So you're going to work all this time for 60% and 40% will come at your, your exit. And so you need to be thinking about it, which means you always need to be preparing for it. We're not salesy quite like, so I'm not like telling them, hey, hurry up and do that so you can list with us. What I'm trying to do is improve and make sure that their metrics are right at any point when they're ready to sell. You just don't want to have to stop and then get everything ready for six months if you're running the business for another six to 12 months. So I believe it's really important that people stay a touch point to their business, but also take a look at what your baseline valuation is. Set a goal and say, hey, I'm going to reevaluate it in two years and then decide if I really want to sell. There's nothing wrong with finding the information. It's always good to know.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And then also, what are all the different factors that goes into evaluation, right? I, I yeah. believe you, you evaluate like e-commerce, retail, and some other different factors. Can you
1: elaborate a little further? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, really, there's four pillars of a sale. And We talk about this at Quiet Light. The first one is risk. And risk can come from about anything. Like, I have a, a few businesses that I've listed that are like single products. So let's use that as an example. A single product business is extremely risky because... You know, you, if you lose it on Amazon, somehow you get taken down for a violation, your business is shut down. So, I mean, obviously, the less products you have, the more risk it can go up, even if you have high sales. Now, if you, if you take and you're diversified into 6, 8, 10, 12 really good products, sell balance, that lowers that risk down. The smaller your sales are and the smaller your SDE is, the more risk there is because any kind of adverse issue to the business could make it to where it's not making money. So a lot of times you need to be in a position to where you're making a good amount of money for someone to feel comfortable to be able to buy your business. But inside your company, really the biggest thing is to make sure that you're documenting your SOPs. Like if you have a daily process to run your orders or to send FBA orders over or to just check your, your listings for whatever, put it on an SOP sheet. Make sure you explain it out so when you sell that you have all your reasoning there of exactly what needs to be done. And that's good in case someone has an issue or or emergency and someone has to step in and work for them. It's great to have it anyway. But the final one is is really just the financial side. And that's where most people fall apart, is that they haven't really paid attention to their financials over the years. And it's so important to make sure that you're watching those, that your business is on accrual-based accounting, which is huge. And if you don't know what accrual-based accounting is, Best way to think about it is this. If you call your vendor and you buy 100 units for $5 and they show up at your warehouse, you don't post that 500 as cost of goods sold when you pay it. You post it whenever you ship one of those units on the landed cost to a customer for an order. Then you hit the cost of goods line. So a lot of people can cost themselves a lot of money uh, if they're structuring their financials wrong. So we have to go back in and jump in and do that work. And a lot of times we can look at it and say, well, why are you spending money on this and that? Maybe you think about lowering that down, you'll raise your SDE. So what we do is if we're not listing someone, we want to try to give actionable tips that can help them increase their business and grow it and make it even more profitable in the future. And then obviously transitions over to selling for more money as well.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And then talking about, you threw up some acronyms there. So SDE, I believe, is that what you said? And what does that stand for?
1: At Quiet Light, we uh, we price businesses as a multiple of seller discretionary earnings. And what seller discretionary earnings is is your bottom line profit, like you would normally do it, plus any allowable ad backs. Let's say travel, cell phone, car, interest expense, uh, maybe one time site rebuild. Let's say if you spent ten or fifteen thousand, maybe you went in and worked your books at a at a accounting firm and spent five thousand bucks. We'd add that back as a one time expense. So there's a lot of things that go back in and add. And then also one big one is owner salary. So if someone's paying themselves a salary and they're making twenty thousand a year to the bottom line, but their salary's seventy, then we see that as ninety thousand as the SDE, because you get one allowable owner salary. So in that same example, if there's a seventy thousand dollar salary, ten thousand dollars in interest, and maybe five thousand bucks in food and all that then you're probably looking at about a ninety to a hundred thousand dollar bottom line SDE because all those things add back into it. And we are really detailed to look at that. So what we do is if you're if you come in and get an assessment and understand where you're at, you'll understand some things that you might be able to change inside the business to save money because at the end of the day, if your business is going to sell for three, three and a half X what your S D E is, every ten thousand dollars you find is $35,000 $40,000, thirty five to forty thousand dollars, thirty to thirty five thousand dollars to your bottom line in that sale. It's a big number.
0: Yeah, that is a really big number. And, and talking about numbers, actually, going from valuation into uh, acquisitions or selling your business, right? Uh, let's talk a little bit about exit multipliers, right? So back in the day, back a couple of years ago, the, the multipliers used to be kind of insane, uh, especially with the whole aggregator market. Uh, can you speak to that today?
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it you could look at a, a chart and see how these multiples went. When there was a lot of competition in 2020, 2021, and early 2022, multiples were skyrocketing. Uh, I mean, I, you know, but I think, too, you've had a good quality amount of businesses. There was a lot of competition and people were diving into the market because they saw that people were buying businesses. Well, obviously, we can see now, in hindsight, companies that aggregated a lot, like, you know, Thrasio took nine months where they weren't looking at anything, weren't even buying anything because they had to go back and make sure everything got fit back together and worked together and people sort of grew and then condensed. So- I think that when you're talking about multiples, then you'd probably be talking about a good ecom business, probably anywhere from three to three, seven, five, sometimes going up to four right now. you probably are fairly close to the bottom line, the three, but there's not many that are getting to the four mark. They're probably off maybe a quarter to a half point against what it was last year or two years ago. But that adds up because you're talking about something that could be 50 to 75 to a hundred thousand. I think the biggest issue that I'm seeing in people selling their companies is that a lot of them have underperformed in this economy in the last year or so. So people don't want to sell on a downturn. And that's really where I think a lot of the lack of listing sits is because people aren't as comfortable with where their business sits at this date and time.
0: Now, let's talk about the factors that can, like, plummet your business valuation, right? Uh Like, these are detrimental to your success in
1: selling your business. Yes. There are several things, but, you know, there's a lot of things. Like, when I talk to some entrepreneurs, let's let's. I'll use it in the context of some people that I sort of quote unquote turn away. I really don't. I just tell them they're not ready to sell yet. So a lot of the factors of things that would not, you know, be able to be, you know, available to sell. If someone's got a skinny bottom line, if you're only at twenty or thirty thousand dollars in SDE, it's hard for us to list a business like that because of the fee and everything that you would be uh, that would be involved with it. I think some of the things that are the biggest factors in in dropping multiples. Number one is going to be your sales trend. If you're if you're flat or you're up. You're a business that's attractive to someone to buy. If you're going down right now, you're going to get beat up. I mean, you just are. Even if you're down 10, 12% a month, just because it's cyclical. You know, the people that got those COVID bumps that were up 20, 30, 35%, there are people on the other side of that now, and it leaves it in a position to where your multiple is going to have to be depressed and any buyers are probably going to take advantage of you because they're going to come in and try to make a low ball offer because of the trajectory of the business. So one is sales trend. Number two would be obviously the SDE, whether it's going down or going up. Sometimes if people's sales go down but their SDE goes up because they're doing better advertising, that's explainable. We could explain that and we could still sell the business. But I think it has to have a bottom line amount that's that's growing and it has to be attractive. If you do not have a trademark, it's going to drop it down. If you don't have a mode around your product, whether it's patent or trademark, you're gonna have a hard time because people need something that's protected that has a mode around it that can be, you know, brand registered on Amazon or whatever it's gonna be. So that would be a huge negative that could stop stop the multiplier as well. The only other things that I could think about will be cyclical things, like if you had a single product like we talked about before, if you have a physical location that you would have to sell with it, there are some things that could drop it down, but in general it all ties into the sales trajectory and the SDE trajectory.
0: No, that that that's great. And so like when we're talking about like sales trajectory, what are some of the common growth strategies that people can use to be able to increase that valuation?
1: Well, I mean, I think smart. It's like I've seen people that Advertise at 50 or 55% of their revenue. It's literally scary. I've seen some people that, you know, do $500,000 a year or $700,000 a year advertising at 250 or 300,000. And at, at some point, that's sort of a Russian roulette thing. So you got to be careful pushing advertising. But I think finding the right people that can run your advertising and make sure that your ROAS and all your returns on it is really good, that's always going to grow it. The second thing is think about other channels. Maybe you want to open up Walmart or Target.com or you want to go into International and Amazon to organically grow your business by expansion. Those are things that can actually help it as well. Um, I just think that, you know, people, if they're trying to grow their business back, be true to what you're actually doing, lean on your customers, find out why they're not buying, look at some sales, look at other things to be able to market it. But you have to push every button that you can to make sure that the business is continuing to grow
0: yeah no it you're you're 100 percent right and like uh, another thing i uh, just kind of come to come to thought like you know we were talking about like supply chain so any kind of redu- reduction in supply chain costs you can use affiliate marketing and email marketing uh ways to be able to support that growth and and right. add um customers profitably right so um
1: another thing i was i had a one, one other thing i was going to mention you know, if someone has a, a really good sized e-com business out there and it's sort of stacking it or going down a little bit, I'm not talking about something that's three hundred thousand, but if you're a business that is doing a million, two million, three million bucks, you might think about looking to acquire a content site, something that's already profitable that adds SDE to your bottom line, and you can also grow to be able to push traffic into your location. So I've talked to a lot of people about acquisition during this time. If you can find something that's content based or something that can help push traffic that also generates AdSense income could be something that diversifies your channel and your your bottom line, and adds to your SDE organically.
0: And, and speaking about those horizontal or vertical acquisitions, uh, I'll link a uh, a video that I did with Andrea Baebo's from Bupos uh, specifically talking about that uh, in the description box below. So, um, like, what about like inventory, right? So, is is inventory supply is that is that an issue whenever it comes to uh, business valuations? Because again, if you're in if you're selling a lot on Amazon, if you're selling a lot through retail through D to C, if you run out of inventory, I feel like that could be a challenge,
1: right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we've had so many challenges in the last three or four years. Supply chain, you know, expense, you know, going from six thousand a container to twenty or twenty five a container a year and a half, two years ago. You know, knock on wood. Hopefully, that's not returning. We don't want that position, but I think it's a weird balance that you have to have with inventory. You don't want to have too much because you don't want to be in a business that does three hundred fifty or four hundred thousand a year in sales and is sitting on three hundred fifty or four hundred thousand. You don't want a year's worth of inventory sitting around because people will ask questions as to why that would be. It becomes complicated. Just in time inventory sometimes is a little bit of a roll of the dice if you get into a busy season. So you really have to hit that sweet spot and make sure that your inventory is not so huge that you have four, five, six months of inventory sitting around. That becomes a little bit of a negative. But but definitely keeping it to where your sales are going to be able to ramp the way you need it to by supporting it with your inventory is massively important. And in these days it's really kind of complicated because you got a lot of challenged people out there trying to get money from, you know, those creative lending people like Bupaz, like Clearco, like Seller Fee, all these other companies, and money is, you know, a little bit more scarce and a little harder to get and much more expensive. So people need to be really paying attention to their bottom line, uh, uh actual landed cost of goods because you're borrowing money to do that and it's more expensive you need to add that into your cost of goods and be cognizant of that when you price it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean there's so much that I've learned today on this episode. Like I didn't know <laughs> that there were so many so many factors that went into uh increasing a business valuation, what you <laughs> to look out for and, and different things like that. So I mean we're we're kind of coming towards the end of this episode here, Pat for anybody that's listening or watching right now, do you have any final like, thoughts or recommendations on how to help them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that reach out to anyone. I mean, if you have someone that you think does great in um, ads that you need improvement on, reach out to that person. With us at Quiet Light, if someone wanted to get a baseline valuation of their company, just email me. We'll be happy to jump on Zoom. We have a quick financial report we need out of QuickBooks, and we can look at where your valuation would be. What that does is give you great information on where you sit right now, and then you can set a path. I think it's so important to plan during this kind of situation, uh, you know, especially in this kind of economy to know exactly where you're at. And some people are literally shocked. Like they come in and say, well, I say maybe your business, we could probably sell for half a million dollars. Someone like looks at the screen like I never thought I'd get that kind of money from it. So sometimes you can find this this exciting opportunity to be able to move your brand off to its next owner. I think if they're running across some things that they can't uh, navigate or don't understand or if they need referrals, always email us at QuietLight, quietlight.com. I'm happy to push you along to anyone that can help any business because at the end of the day, at QuietLight, we're more conversational. Our biggest metric that we, we judge ourselves on is the quality and number of conversations. That's it. Because at the end of the day, we're helping an entrepreneur in some way, shape, or form in every conversation, whether they list with us or not. And most people aren't ready to list when they come in. They just aren't. They just need a little bit of time, some actionable tips, and then six to nine months later, they come back and they're ready to go.
0: And and that really speaks volumes to the team at Quiet Light. I mean, I can't say nothing but great things about you guys. It's a no-pressure sales situation. You know, it's very conversational. You guys are approachable, and uh, you know, in today's world, we need people like yourselves out there instead of it being sell, 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 sell. Um, it should be like, hey, how can I help you? And thinking about others first before yourself.
1: Yeah, it's very, very simple. It, it, there's, It's a zero ego on our side. We we just want to be actionable and help people get, get their business in a position where they can exit at maximum value. That's what we're all about.
0: And if you really want to learn how to level up your business or get a free business valuation, you head on over to Buy It Light. I'll leave a link in the description box below this video. Uh, reach out to Pat. Connect with him on LinkedIn. Send him any kind of questions that you have. He'll be sure to help you out. And if you really want to learn how to leverage your business through horizontal and vertical acquisitions, then watch this video next where I sit down with Andrew Baiebus and I talk about the future of growth and how vertical and horizontal acquisitions will take over in 2023. Just click the video, see you on your screen, and I'll see you there.